Hello and welcome. My name is Alex Von Cannell and anyone that watches the audio podcast knows that I am the brother that is more interested in investing than I am in gambling. And what I thought I would do is I had a lot of people reach out to me all the time asking how to get started. So instead of me having lots and lots of individual conversations, what I thought I'd do is I'd do a little presentation, sort of illustrate my journey in finance and the, some of the lessons that I've learned. And basically so you can uh, take advantage of the mistakes that I've made. That's really the, the long and the short of it. What I'm trying to do is get more people invested. I know heaps and heaps of people, just about everybody I know is working in the workforce and not a lot of them, a very small percentage of them have uh, any sort of investments that they are working on or at least acknowledgement of what they're working on besides work. So I want to get more people invested and I want to give people the confidence to actually have a go and I want you to use my mistakes to benefit you. Some quick stats, only 54% of Australians invest in addition to their superannuation. Superannuation is mandatory in Australia, uh, but your company does that, that's not you. So only 54% of Australians will, will invest in addition to their superannuation. Yet 86% will invest, uh, sorry, will spend money on gambling. So I know the funds are there, I'm just asking you to allocate some of your funds, maybe from your betting account to some other instruments. First thing I need to ask is what is your plan? Okay, so what is, what is your life's plan? It sounds really grand, but what what would, would you like to achieve financially? You know, the job that you've got now, is that the job that you want forever? You know, can you see a pathway, a career pathway in, in that job that's gonna get you the things that you wanna that you wanna have or you wanna achieve? You know, do you wanna buy a house? Is a house that you can afford now, is that a house that you're gonna want in the future? Is the place that you live now the place that you're going to want to live in the future? Have you thought about those things? Do you want to buy a house only because you know society's told you that that's sort of a uh, a key to financial success in Australia? What are your financial goals? A lot of people, it's it's the standard thing to say. I want to, I want to be rich. But what does rich look like? Does rich mean a certain amount of money in the bank? Does rich mean a certain amount of time allocated for you to do whatever you want? Is 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 uh, rich having your own business? What does that look like to you? Can you quantify it? Because if you can't quantify it, it's very hard to plan for it. Once you have ascertained what your goals are, now you can create a plan to actually achieve those goals. Okay, So you can check if your work is going to lead you to your end goal. So I've, got, I've put my timeline ahead, ahead here and off the on the offset, like from the go, I want to tell you my investments went Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Okay, I've tried just about everything that is available to invest in, and I will paint you a bit of a picture of what that looks like. My financial journey started in two, the year 2000, I was 14 years old, and my parents uh, heard of a hedge fund that was opening in Australia that wanted to gather some capital, so they offered free managed uh, share fund accounts. So, my parents, my brother and I, we all put a little bit of money in and it performed really, really well. But the fee-free part, that's the important part. The fee-free part was the difference between it performing really well and it not performing. Uh, I got such great returns out of it, I bought my first car. My first car 
was a 1990 Ford Corsair GL. Uh, there's a picture on here for YouTube watches. And for people that can't see this image, it is the worst car that you could ever buy. So this is what called using an appreciating asset to buy depreciating depreciating asset. So it was very cheap. I think I paid two thousand six hundred dollars for it. I had it for about six months. I blew the engine up in it. It's funny. This is a stock image of this car, and my car had the right indicated tail light out, uh, headlight out, just like this one does. In two thousand four, I started in the work industry, uh, uh, full time work. So I'd always had jobs in the past, but now I started full time work. And I worked for a dealership and I had lots and lots of older staff working there. I made sure that I immersed myself in conversation with those, those guys because those people are a lot older than me. They've had a lot more life experience and I was very interested to see you know, what lessons they had learned. Something I got very good at was understanding what, what a good thing was that someone, you know, something that I should emulate and potentially what a really bad thing is. And I would note to myself, eh, I won't do that because I can see the, the result of that. Back then, most of the people were invested in the property market. There was lots and lots of money to be made in property and and uh, it was it was it, generationally, you know, if you bought a property, it was going to 10 times in value in 30 years or something like that. And it was still quite cheap then. After a couple of years working there, I started to earn enough money that I could allocate some stuff and I wanted to find my own thing to invest in. And because I'd invested in a managed share fund before, I thought, hey, I'm going to try my hand at it myself. So I walk over the road and there was a bank there and I signed up for a managed share fund. That did not perform very well. So although the, the interview report actually showed me like a 6 or 7% Increase uh, like like a, a return rate. By the time I paid the fees, I would have made more money just leaving the money parked in a like a term deposit account. Okay, so that was a big lesson there. So instantly, as soon as I read that, I pulled the money out and I did something else with it. In two thousand and six, I tried my first individual stock. So I got a stock tip. We all get these stock tips. Someone will always come in the office or you know and, and say, "Oh man, you've got to get on this." And I thought, well, I've never done it before, so I'll try. The property was Centro Properties Group, and there's a reason why a lot of you haven't heard of it, uh, because it's now bankrupt, but the lesson I learned out of it was that understand why it is that you're investing in something. So I would have made some money if I was able to action that share tip the moment it was given to me, but I didn't have a broker lined up, a stock broker lined up. I'd never invested individually into the uh, ASX, so there was a couple of little hurdles I had to jump through first. And by the time I got onto it, it was probably three or four days later, it had already had the big rise. And my friend who gave me the tip had already sold, made, made their money, and when I got on, it took three years to lose all of it. Okay? In 2008, I was offered a chance to invest in an IPO. So by this point, I'm very active in... I'm, I'm looking to park my money somewhere, do something with it, okay? So I, I was given a prospectus. Uh, it was dropped off on my desk for an IPO. An IPO is an initial purchase offer, which is basically the first time that a company's going to go on the stock market. And this company is called Gavera. Now, Gavera was a music 
platform, a digital music platform, that use the advertising model to give you free music. So now, does that sound familiar? That's what all the companies now do. This was an Australian concept, and I was offered at 10 cents a share, and I chose not to. I ended up investing in them later, off-market at like $1.75 each, and again, it went to zero. In 2008, I also bought my first house. Okay, so to paint a bit of a picture, this is the height just before the global financial crisis. The global financial crisis was due to primarily property and bad loans on, on uh, properties. My interest rate was insanely high at the time, but I was in, and that's how I saw it. Everyone was telling me, just go buy a property, go buy a property. You've got you, you to be in it. You've got to have a, you know, you got to have a piece. In 2010, I had switched the house from my primary place of residence uh, to an investment property, which means it gave me some tax benefits. It's now a rental property, and the difference between what I was making in rent to what it was costing me, it would come off my yearly income and I would pay less tax. Okay, that's the whole thing. That's what negative gearing is in, in Australia. That's the, that's the perk of having an investment property. And I've still got that house today. It's been rented ever since. This is probably one of my favorite ones. 2016, I bought my first cryptocurrency. So I had been watching for probably 12 months prior to that, just trying to wrap my head around what this Bitcoin phenomenon was. And I finally dipped my toe in in 2016. And this has by far been my strongest investment. To put it in perspective, anything, all the losses that I've made in all those other functions prior to this, I have more than made up for purely in cryptocurrency. So I've been in ever since. I've never sold out of all my cryptocurrencies. I've always had a stake of crypto. I also bought my second investment property in 2016 as well, purely as an investment just to get renters in there. In 2017, I was given the opportunity to invest in a friend's tech startup. So just like an IPO, an IPO is a formalized version of it. Usually that's a much bigger sort of example, but uh, a startup is, you know, it is what the name says. It's someone trying to start a company. The company made a lot of sense to me and there was an opportunity to give my friends some money to get that off the ground. Also in 2017, the crypto craze of ICOs or initial coin offerings were available. And I'd probably invested into 20 or 30 of these. Basically anyone that came across, I jumped on. An ICO is an initial coin offering, which is the crypto version of an IPO. Most of these fell over. Most of these, a lot of these were scams, great way to um, get a lot of money, because at this point, the crypto market is the wild, wild west. It's a, it's a lawless wasteland, but I was, I was doing so well out of it, I wanted to have a go, I wanted to see what it was like, because if one came off good, then that's good. I also tried a primitive version of day trading in cryptocurrencies. I suck at day trading. I suck at it. I literally just closed off a, I'm still trying to this day, I literally just closed off a, a, a trade that I had that lost me $600, because I suck at it. I'm, I don't, I'm not able to spend enough time looking at it, and my brain is not geared in a way to maximize profits 
out of it. Okay, so that's a lesson there too. In 2020, I started my own business. Now, there's um, multiple reasons why I had, I, did, I had done this. My plan, so what I want to achieve in, in life is I wanted to work to the point where then I could choose when I work. Okay, that was my version of being rich. And I love cars. I love cars and love motorbikes. And before, I was earning good money when I was working, and I used to, just used to buy myself a toy. I'd fill my bucket by buying something that I wanted, that I enjoyed. I'd buy a cool car, I'd buy a cool bike. The reason why I started my own business from my own car dealership is that now buying those cool cars and bikes are a business expense. So I can now buy buy it for cheap. I can drive it, uh, and I can sell it, and hopefully sell it for a profit. So to paint a bit of a picture. When I used to be on the couch, you know, uh, looking at cool motorbikes or cool cars, my girlfriend used to give me grief about it before. Now she's like, oh, have you found any cars? You know, so, so that ticked two boxes for me. It gave me the time, instead of working 60 hours a week, it greatly reduced the amount of uh, labor needed to generate uh, an income for myself. And uh, so it gives me the freedom to do other stuff, things like this with my time. And it also gave me the ability to roll around in cool cars. Now, I also invested in a automated trading bot on cryptocurrencies. This would have worked very, very well had someone stuck, like, like stayed out of it and didn't remove a fundamental about trading. And I basically lost all the profits that I'd made in it. So I didn't go backwards, but I had uh, lost or the, the, the big profits that I had, I had made. 2021, uh, I'd actually started, I'd invested in a new trading bot startup. So some people that got burnt by this previous one went and started their own, and they'd obviously know what the burn fit felt like, so wanted to make sure that their version of it was much better. And I believe in the guys, and I've given them some money to uh, to help start that up. Also in 2021, I have started plans for my own app that, that, I'm, uh, that I want to build with, with some friends of mine. And again, because of my business, it's given me that, that space in my mind to, to do something here. So I'll keep you posted on that. So what are some things that, to note uh, about, about my journey? Uh, first of all, the biggest threat to your investment future is never investing at all. That's easily the biggest, the biggest threat. There's a saying in finance, which is time in the market always beats timing of the market, which means get in now. There's another saying, uh, the best time to, to grow a tree is 50 years ago. The second best time is now. Okay. So you've got to get in. You've just got to get in. Another lesson is, is take personal responsibility for fi your financial future. Don't pay someone else to do it. If you pay someone else to do it, you are giving, you're, you're giving re responsibility to someone else uh, and there's more ability for them to let you down. And also, the margins aren't necessarily that big in it. So how much of a piece of the pie is that person taking? Because in my managed share fund, they took more than what I got. So there was no point, right? Only invest in things you believe in and understand. If you can't explain to your friends what you've invested in, like what they do, don't invest in it, is my tip. Because it needs to make sense. 
often if it doesn't make sense, it could be a scam. And uh, if it doesn't make sense to you, it probably doesn't make sense to a lot of other investment investors out there as well. Allocate 10 minutes a week of your time to think about your investments. So this could be, you might set up a direct debit from your bank account to your investment portfolio. That 10 minutes might be you just going in and actually buying, like pushing buy to, to buy the share. That 10 minutes might be just reading an article, following a couple of pages on, on social media, a couple of investment pages, and just reading up and seeing what's, what's around in the market at the time. This might be watching some YouTube videos. There's heaps of free advice out there. You don't need to pay for it. I'd say keep an open mind. One of the things that I've done is I would assess every opportunity as they, as they come past and like come past my, my desk. And there's not many people I know in my network at all that have invested in a startup. But I think that's going to be one of my strongest, uh, most lucrative ventures. We'll see when that, when that comes to fruition. But if you, don't, if you don't look for opportunities, you won't find them. Don't invest more than you can afford to lose. Now, this is a big one. You, it, there are risks associated with investing in anything. That is why you get a better reward on it when it works, because you are using your funds uh, for a period of time for a certain amount of risk. Higher the risk, higher the reward. Also, larger the risk, the you know, the higher the chance that you could you could lose it. There are some safer versions. You know, property is safe because you have something that you are that you are um, selling or a tangible asset that you can sell if things go wrong, yet you're very highly leveraged because it's a very large amount of money. So there's a risk associated with that as well. The stock market also, if you're buying into multiple companies, if you spread your, your uh, risk across multiple companies, then you are reducing the amount of risk there as well. So that falls into diversify your portfolio. So don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't spend all the money that you've got on an investment property. Don't spend all the money you've got on one share. Don't spend all the money you want on Bitcoin. Okay, that's that's not smart. Allocate it. You're in a much better situation to have all of them. You know, have a small share of more. Okay, because once you diversify, one's going to go up, one's going to go down. And if you've got both, then you've got this nice sort of nice uh, uh, risk mitigation in place. Here's a saying that I want you to weld into your mind. Financial savviness is not sexy, okay? Financial savviness is not sexy. You being really good with your money is not gonna look great from the outside. You are not gonna be insta-famous because you've got a large share portfolio. You are not going to be recognized on the street because your property has increased, you know, exponentially. You, it's, it's not the flashiest things. Once you start getting into this, uh, into these things, you'll realize, well, okay, I could go buy this $1,000 watch, or that could buy me 10 shares in the top 200 companies of Australia, you know, which could then buy me a watch in the future, right? Financial savviness is not sexy, but none of that stuff is gonna matter when you are financially stable in yourself, okay? That's a big, big lesson. Now, what does this savviness look like in the future, this, I think this is a big thing. This is what people don't 
realise or don't take into account. If you are purely working, selling your time for a wage, and if you're not doing anything with that wage, or even if you're just sitting in the bank, what does the end game look like? So if, if you invest correctly, after a certain period of time, you could get to the point where you no longer have to work at all and you have money coming in through your investments. Okay, so imagine that. You quit work and you, you're, you still have a wage coming in through your investment portfolio. And not only that, sometimes you might not even need to draw down on that. So that could keep on growing and it could keep on paying you a, a, a wage for nothing. Doing it in the background, doing it for you. What if I said you could live without a mortgage? You know, what if your investments went so well that you had so much capital that you could go buy the house that you want and have no mortgage, owe no one anything? That's a possibility too, if you play your cards right. And over time, you can't rush these things. It is gonna, it, it will take time, time in the market. Imagine being able to, to move anywhere in the world unencumbered by things like a mortgage payment here or, or you know, renters or, or your job, just imagine having that freedom. That's what the future could look like if you play your cards right. And when I say play cards right, you've got to start playing them. You've got to start playing them now. What I'll do is in the description below, I'll put some places to start. These are, the, if I had to pick three things to say, go and start doing something you could do right now that is free, that is, that is going to get you started is I've set up your accounts with CoinSpot, with Binance, and with CMC Markets. The first two are cryptocurrency exchanges, okay? The beauty of crypto is that you don't have to spend, you could, you could put $100 in there if you want. Whereas if you go buy a, a, a share on the ASX, you have to spend a minimum 500, okay? So if you want to start small, and you can start as small as you like, start on CoinSpot or start on Binance, okay? I'll put some referral links down the bottom so at least I might get something out of it. CMC Markets is a, uh, an, an Australian um, a stock uh, platform. Now, these aren't the, necessarily the best ones that are available. Do your own research on the ones that you like. These are just the ones that I use and that I'm comfortable with. Okay, get started now. Write in the comments, put a tick in the comments when you've done something. Let me know if there's anything that I've missed. I want you to, I want, I want to experience this together. I want, at the end of all of this, I want to be able to sit with you guys in Positano in Italy and, and have a, you know, have a, a, a glass of wine whilst we are still being paid because we have investments that have worked really, really well. Okay? That's my goal. That's my goal for the community. If you found this helpful at all, uh, put a like. If there's anything that you'd like to, me to explain, if you want a follow-up video on anything, if there's enough people that, that inquire about it, um, I could do another one. But thank you very much for your time and uh, happy investing.